another edition of Turn Out of Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham, and once again, I'm bringing you a conversation with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved with punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. And today on the show, returning to the show, my buddy, my pal, Autry Fulbright from the band Off, formerly from Annual Know Us by the Trail of Our Dead, uh, also uh, Dead Heavens. Also from uh, uh, a lot of other projects. We talk about a lot of fun stuff on this one. More on that in one second. But first, if you want to get in touch with me, head over to the email address, turnedoutabunkpodcast at gmail.com. That is run by my brother and show producer and guest booker extraordinaire, and he will get the message to me. You can also find me on Twitter or Instagram at Damien. There is also a show Instagram page and a show Facebook page. Both of those are turned out of punk on their respective platforms. Uh, if you want to support the show, the best way to support the show is by telling all your friends about it, letting everyone know that you know that we have this podcast over here that we talk to people about punk on. You can also support the show by uh, heading over to turnoutofpunk.com and grabbing a t-shirt. Thank you to everyone who does do that. Also, rate it or subscribe it on your platform that you are listening to it on. I play in a band. We are called Fucked Up. You can find out more information about that over at fuckedup.cc. Head over there to find out information about shows and records we got coming out and all sorts of stuff. Like we're playing in Toronto, Halloween weekend, old style Fucked Up Fest. Come on out, hang out, mosh. Might be doing some uh, live turn at a punk thing too. Just came up with that idea right now. Who knows if I'm actually going to do it, but come out to the show and you'll find out. And that is that. All right, on to today's show. As I said off the top, my buddy Autry is back on the show. Autry and I have been friends for a while. He's one of my favorite people that I've met in this music business game. Uh, someone who walked away from it only to come back and join Off. Uh, Off has now put out a brand new record, Free LSD. They have a movie coming out next year. My gosh, the ambition in this band, is it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, Autry, though, is... Back on the road with Off. You can find out more information about Off tour dates on places on the internet. They've got a lot of dates coming up. They're going to Europe. They're going to North America. And pick up that new record on Fat Possum. It's really it's really awesome. It's a fantastic album. And uh, yeah, and that is that. So Autry is back on the show. We talk. We talk. This is, You're hearing a conversation. Autry and I talk on the regular. So we, we, we're just, you know, catching up expressing our gratitude to be back on the road and being able to play music again and just talking about uh, creativity and ambition. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you get to hear this one. Anyway, I'm not going to ramble on anymore. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Autry Fulbright II for part two on Turned Out a Punk. Autry, welcome back to the show. Hey, Glad to be back. Episode one sixty seven, I think, <laughs> which is I feel yeah. like I feel like I first need to apologize to you because at the beginning of that episode, I'm like, okay, well, this is taking so long to happen. Now it's finally going to happen. We're going to do multiple parts, and here we yeah. are, all these years later. We have hung out and talked a lot in the interim, but it feels like I yeah. do have to say I'm sorry it has taken this long. It's okay. A lot has happened since then, so we just had yes. more to talk about. Yeah, exactly. We had a couple of close calls too, where I think we couldn't do it at the last second for whatever reason, and it just didn't happen. So, you know, it feels like yeah, we've been building towards this. Yeah, for sure. This is this is the the best time 
to follow up. Well, I think but the, last, the whole world, yeah, go ahead. No, the whole please. world changed. Like, yeah. like, like maybe I think the last time we did it was what, 2017 or 2018? Yeah, 20, uh, 2017. Okay, yeah. So a few things have happened since then. A few couple, things. A couple things. A few things, <laughs> which I'm sure will come up over the course of the conversation. But I think the thing that was kind of the biggest change on a on a personal level, well, from an outsider's perspective on a personal level, is the fact that you were out. You were you were kind of like you weren't out of music by any stretch of the imagination, but in terms of being in a touring full time kind of band situation, you were like, I'm 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 kind of done. I'm off the road now. But yet here you are, sucked right back in. Right. Yeah, I think in twenty seventeen uh trail of dead was making an album and i was in austin for that and then i did eventually did end up touring that um around that time and then stopped performing for a bit and then joined a new band after that so i've kind of come full circle like twice (laughs) (laughs) full circle full figure eight Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was 2018 then, because I think you had done the last trail tour by the time last time we spoke. I left in like 2019. Okay, like so my last not. shows. I left trail in April. My last shows were in July uh, of 2019. Uh, but maybe it was on my mind. It was definitely something where I was probably thinking that I wanted to take a break. But then you know, 2020 came around, and there was like a zero return like like full reset to to my whole musical life we all got our bluffs called for sure definitely yeah i feel that i i was like i remember in 2019 being like ah, i don't care i don't want to ever do this again like i'm over this and now i'm like oh my god i'll, I'll never give it up like maybe maybe not tour forever but in terms mm-hmm. of like playing live like you you i don't know like i i, I realized how much i missed it well, to uh, paraphrase Jay-Z, we didn't choose this life. This life chose us. Yes. So, <laughs> so we're, we're probably still going to be touring in some capacity, performing or creating records, you know, for decades to come. Oh, I still love traveling. You know, I think it's yeah. the, it's a, yeah, I think, I think hopefully I'll find a way to travel, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe not as, as dedicated to touring. Maybe that's the... Yeah, you're like, I, I love to go to Hawaii. I went on vacation. I like traveling. <laughs> have you ever played Hawaii? Not touring. I have. Damn, I've never gotten to fun. do it. And I was just I was just in Hawaii for my birthday, too. Happy birthday. And that was, that was fun. And what's cool now is how surreal it is to be there at certain spots and to know, like, how many different iconic movie scenes... <laughs> or films like in places in Hawaii that, that I was able to visit. So it was just like, wow, that's like from lost. And that's from the other episode of lost. (laughs) And that's from the reunion episode of lost. No. And then there's like, you know, just Jurassic park and, and all that. Like, it's cool to see those places up close, you know, even though coming from LA, you're, you're also seeing a lot of iconic, places as well but it's it's just cool to see something that's in in nature which i think touring doesn't provide ample opportunities to see a lot of amazing lush expansive like natural habitats which i think is really awesome if you can do it when traveling 
Yeah, like I found one thing that has changed for me since I got back on the road is is like trying to make the most of when you're in a city for the whole day or you have like the odd day yeah. off, you know? Yeah, like like just getting out there, seeing if there's a museum, like just as opposed to just kind of moping around the hotel room and then finding a record store and then, you know, doing something like that. Like I think now I feel like, okay, I'm going to try and maximize all these moments. Yeah, that's one thing. I love visiting different restaurants. I think, you know, that is something that I always enjoy on tour and that becomes like an enjoyable experience, like finding really cool places to eat. Um, record stores are obviously always a plus, but, um, you know, a museum is always nice too. And realizing now, I think on the other side of the pandemic, how valuable it is to have an opportunity to visit other cities at a time when we were pre-restricted, you know, from doing it. You know, I just went to Canada for the first time, you know, since like 2019, a few, few weeks ago. And that was amazing. And it's like the opportunity to go to, you know, other countries and even other cities like in the States is now something that I have a different perspective on. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think getting there and, and seeing friends I hadn't seen or and at times thought I might never see again in person and yeah. getting to give people hugs and, and just feeling like it's kind of quasi normal again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still feel that way about the town I live in. I'm still running into people <laughs> that I haven't seen like three years ago. I'm like, you're still here. <laughs> um, but it's nice, you know, whether it's here, you know, or whether it's, you know, different cities, but I, I'm looking forward to every city that we're going on tour uh, to because it is, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a privilege to have been able to build relationships and, uh, you know, connect with people all over the, you know, country and all over the world. And it's nice to have a reunion now after all this. I think that's the one thing I wonder if, if I was ever in like one of those big rock bands, you know, where you're or like big bands where you're, you're able to like tour in a lap of luxury a little bit or a little bit more of a, a luxurious kind of way. If I would have made the same connections with people as I did when yeah. I had to sleep on their floor or had to rely yeah. on them for, yeah, for companionship. Like if I was, if I was like, you know, at that level where you, you know, you can just kind of go to the hotel and you can go to like the gym and then you can go to like the, the spa. You, you wouldn't make mm -hmm. friends in the same way. A lot of receptionists, lots of, uh, you know, yeah. hops. Yeah, exactly. Hanoi, yeah, Hanoi rock style touring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea how they tour. They, or if they still tour. <laughs> I think but, they still uh, tour. I think there's like some sort of Hanoi yeah. Rocks incarnation that's still on tour right now. Somewhere there at a gym or a spa right <laughs> now. And then they're going to play to who knows how many people. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows if any people. I was going to say, it's probably like, you know, Mr. Beast is probably the Hanoi Rocks of today for kids and people. Like, imagine if I don't even yeah. know what he'd do at a live show. Do you know Mr. Beast? Are you familiar with this guy? I know um, that's a, isn't that a Mogwai record? Uh, I feel like, <laughs> isn't well, it that a Mogwai song? I was like, oh. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. a, it's a YouTuber. He's like these, this YouTuber kid. I think he might be one of the most wow. subscribed to people on YouTube. Wow. And, and I th he plays Minecraft 
and he gives a lot of money away uh, and and did like a real life version of Squid Game. Um, wow. Kids love him. My kids are obsessed with this guy. He's Renaissance man. He does he, a little bit of everything. And it's it's interesting because at any other point in history, when you look at, you know, who was celebrities or or pop cultural icons, they had a charisma to them, mm -hmm. you know, in, you know, like a, like they're like sort of that rock star quality or that star quality. And, and maybe I'm just oblivious to Mr. Beast's star quality and charisma, but it's, it's interesting to see that paradigm kind of turned on its head. Like he is, he is no Hanoi rocks. For better or for worse. For better or for worse, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check him out, but what I almost am certain that that is a Mogwai reference. I'm hoping that he got that name from Mogwai, not the other way around. If it is a Mogwai reference and there's some way to get him yeah. on the podcast to talk about punk, I will be set with my kids. They will listen to everything I say. <laughs> they will definitely it's be incredible. There. <laughs> because Mogwai had one of the coolest uh, hardcore referencing uh, album titles. They had Mr. Beast, which I'm pretty sure was either on a record as a song or, or a record itself. Maybe, maybe I'm not sure. But their album, Hardcore Will Never Die, But You Will, yeah. is definitely one of the coolest names that I have ever heard. And, and amongst so many with Mogwai. Mogwai is like the king of cool album and song names so they uh, mr beast had had some shit from them yeah they, they they had a and they still have like such a cool vibe you know from wearing blurish shite shirts to the enemy yeah. awards and sitting front row to trying to blow pa systems by just being so loud even that that iggy pop cbc sample on uh come on die young that on the song punk rock where it's Iggy talking about John Lydon. Oh, wow. I need to revisit that. So awesome. Uh, yeah. That's where I heard it first. And I'm, I'm in Canada like that. That should be something they play on TV in Canada, but yet I had to rely on, on some fine Scottish musicians to expose me to it. Wow. Well, they're amazing in my book. And I wonder if they're touring now too. It's, it's funny because it's almost like, picking up the pieces and, and finding like who's who's out there right now who's who's back in the game again i kind of have, have been surprised i don't know about you uh of some groups that probably were planning on getting together but maybe it was just a, a catalyst to to go ahead and do it like pavement you know doing a reunion that I think was in the works for a while, but it's exciting that it's actually like happening now. It's like, it's exciting to see like some of these bands like that at one point in time, I never thought that they would get back together. And now I'm like, it's happening. It's actually happening, which is just really cool. So I don't think Mogwai was ever like, you know, in a period of dormancy, but I'm, I'm hoping I get to see them sometime soon. I think they did wrap up a tour. I think they were on tour okay. in North America when I was in the UK. So at some point. I missed my chance. Missed your chance. It. They'll come back. Yeah, all right. They'll, come, they'll all right. come back. That's the thing now. No one ever leaves touring. Now we all know what it feels like to have it taken away from you. No one's going to yeah. stop touring now. No one wants to be strapped at home again. If I can't listen to Mr. Beast, I can watch him on YouTube now, though. So now I know that. I don't think Mr. Now Beast. 
Yeah. I, I don't think he has much of a live show. That's what I was wondering. Like, what do you would even do for a live show? He'd probably just like walk out there and kids would lose their minds. People come out, they, they, they bring out, uh, uh, an iPhone four. <laughs> they put it, they put it on a, on a, on a stool. Yeah. <laughs> In like a, in like a, in a sports arena, and everyone and they don't even put it on a big screen. Everyone just has to squint and look at this tiny little iPhone, and 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 who knows? Maybe that'll be some sort of entertainment in a few years. I want you heard it here first. He, he's got he's his own first person. He's got his own burger chain. Yeah, uh, now oh, wow, he's got a bunch of sort of ghost kitchens set up all over the place, so you can order it. Like there's a Toronto one. But now they've actually opened, I think, two or three physical Mr. Beast burgers. It, wow. it's, yeah. The level of ambition of, of I guess, media people today, be it musicians or be it like everyone, it's just it's just incredible. Well, you just made a movie. So I'm talking to someone who's just been well, involved in making a movie. Well, that was uh, – that's cool. But I, I'm interested in this uh, whole – transition from like being a video game guy gamer and a philanthropist for giving away all this money i don't know what he does or, or why he gives the money away but that's cool and then um then he has a kitchen he has ghost kitchens popping up and doing burger joints that's like what else does this man maybe he plays in hanoi rocks <laughs> That'd be amazing. Maybe, maybe he's the basis for Hanoi Rocks now, that on top of a, everything else. A Mogwai loving Hanoi Rocks playing in money giving away burgers. Sell. He's he's a, he's a Renaissance person, but I think he just he's a, he's, yeah. he, he's like a one of those robber barons of old in America, where he yeah. just looks at vertical integration. He's like, okay, these kids watch my YouTube videos. What are they doing when they're watching it? Eating. Okay, how am I going to get yeah. into their mouths? burgers what am i going to do pop up ghost kitchens everywhere he's just he's thinking he's thinking he's gonna start making computers next he is if he hasn't already mr beast band computers yeah 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 <laughs> so when you were kind of at the end of uh trail like how did you get sucked back in the first time man you know at the time i think that i was more interested in you know management i was interested and you know still being in music but not so directly focused on performing you know and making records i think i i was working and i still do work with flying lotus and at the time i was like i i like working in music and being involved with records and with the art of making music but I don't like the uh, existential turmoil <laughs> that comes along with it. But I also realized that it is a part of me. I love making music. I love making records. And uh, I'm only assuming that I'm going to lo love touring in a few weeks. And that's just <laughs> something that's a, a, part of, a part of me. And, um, you know, at the time, though, I, I think that I just needed a break. And I think it's, it's normal, you know, like having a period where you stop and get inspired again is important. And I think that we were all forced to kind of take a break, you know, in 2020. And then, in the, you know, towards the end of that year was when I spoke with uh, Dimitri Coates from Off, which I was always a fan. If you saw Trail of Dead 
anytime maybe you know eight to ten years ago you could tell that i was a huge off fan because like a lot of press photos and a lot of live shows i was wearing that uh, you know off hat, off hat. First Some, someone called that the, yeah the anthony kiedis <laughs> <laughs> well you wore it better than he did first time i think we well not first time but one of the times we hung out i remember you had the hat on in germany i think well, that time yes yes and i remember that show and that was pretty weird because you know before we started the interview we were talking about how there's a lot of people touring now and that was a time when sure enough uh we were playing the same like cavernous like multi like venue like uh you know compound or whatever it was like there was a, a stage and kind of its own venue on one side and we were playing another part of it like trail there was playing another part of it and i was so excited to you know find my way to your show like after you know we finished our show and that was that was an incredible night that was fun and that's that's to me the kind of thing that i miss and i'm looking forward to is being able to run into other musicians on the road and that was fun and i don't know if that was the first time because i think another time we played in tokyo mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and we ended up being on the same row flying back to austin texas to do another festival together yeah so we ended up having some pretty cool experiences um you know which was which was a lot of a lot of fun but yeah um around that time dimitri you know asking me to join off towards the end of 2020 was definitely something i wasn't expecting but i think you're probably one of the first people that that knew about it i think i talked to you about it pretty early on because mm -hmm. you've been you toured when did you tour with with off when did fucked up tour with off god uh 2000 and 13 would that make sense yeah yeah must have okay. been around then it was uh we did like we did a bunch of shows obviously over the years in different places but i we did a like a i think it was like week 10 day type european run of shows together oh wow and yeah. it's it's funny because like going back to all these venues now like the venue where we hung out in germany that time or the venue we played with off in in berlin and like being in these venues again having spent so much time kind of living in these memories about these things to be back in these places it just feels very surreal and just how the actual geography and layout of the building meshes mm -hmm. with your your memory of what the geography of this building was and like yeah. oh yeah i don't know what acid i was on that night but it's definitely not like that now being back here you're like this didn't have stairs before <laughs> yeah. yeah or um, like how cavernous some halls feel or how small some other places feel yeah i think it memories do and then even you know the the vibe of the show sometimes the audience you know almost you know transforms the actual like physical environment as far as a, a memory goes i feel like there, there's you know a sparse crowd could seem like you know a, an arena full of people depending on the energy that's being you know given and, and reciprocated between the band and and the crowd and i'm excited about that and i think that there's certain things that you only feel only remember when you're on tour there's memories that you you hold on to but then there's those experiences in the moment that are really very very valuable and and, and fleeting too so i'm excited to to get back to those i think that's the other thing now is 
you just try and hold on to all these mm -hmm. experiences a lot tighter and losing a lot of friends too during the pandemic and, and losing people that I was close to in different places and then going back and visiting these cities and just feeling the ghosts of them kind of walking around. Uh, it's, you just, you know, hug everyone that much tighter, you know, and try and yeah. remember the details that much better. Yeah. You know, I, I really am looking forward to just seeing people, you know, even for the first time, you know, it's exciting to be in a new band that I already was a fan of before and had been friends you know, with maybe even new just peripherally, but now that I've, you know, built a relationship with them and it's nice to build a relationship with the fans that are, that are coming back and seeing this new version of the band. And yeah, it's just really valuable. I don't, I don't want to take it for granted because we, we all know what it's like to not have that, you know, and, and from both sides of it, from being, you know, a musician that's performing as well as being an audience member. Um, it's nice that we have this opportunity again to see these shows and kind of have this renewed sense of appreciation for it. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. And, you know, there, there's some cities that I haven't been to in well over maybe a decade that, that I'm going to, which is really cool. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's some cities that I haven't been to in so long that, that they're almost like going to the first time, you know, going there for the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, and going to cities for the first time now where I didn't think yeah. I get a chance to visit some of these places. And I'm like, yeah, all yeah. these years in going to some of these places for the first time. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been great. What was your first concert back after the thaw? Um, well, uh, let's see. Flying Lotus and Thundercat played. Um, I know that was a show that I that I attended and that you know I, I, I work with them both. So you know that that was an interesting experience. But as far as like um, a rock band, I'm trying to think or of the a band that. Well, did, yeah, like was that? I guess that would have been the first, like the first one that you felt kind of like it's back or I'm, I'm at a show that one that one was before um that was before the actual reopening of la that was like a few days before so people were still social distancing it, it felt still like oh we're turning to some version of normalcy but it wasn't full-on i think you and i spoke you know couple of years back how it's like are we ever gonna have like hardcore shows again are we ever gonna have punk rock sweaty like you know bodies against bodies like are we ever going to have <clears throat> that again and like i'm trying to think that it may have in fact been you know i'm trying to think maybe maybe an action artist you know what artist from Toronto, Stacy. She's a friend of mine. She just goes by Stacy, mm -hmm. cool like psychedelic pop artist. She played a couple blocks away from my house. And that was probably the first show like full on that I like went to see. Like definitely 
last year. And then I went to see a friend, Kate Clover. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's a cool, like, punk artist that some friends of mine from uh, the band Crocodiles. Plays okay, yeah, in definitely no Crocodiles, yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then seeing you, actually, not too long ago at uh, the Ukrainian Center in L.A. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's cool that that all of those are friends of mine, you know, and and cool experiences where I was able to see people that I I, I care about personally, and they were able to see their triumphant return back to the stage. So, yeah, I think I saw four shows uh, last year, and it mm. was yeah, like once again four bands that I'm kind of friends with or people I knew and cared about. And it really did feel like the first four shows I went to all over again. Like yeah. it, it felt so new and, and uh, a return to like, yeah. you know. Go on, sorry. My girlfriend played at a Bowery, on a, a Bowery Ballroom last year too, which is really cool. And we, we uh, had only been dating for a couple months at that point. And, and it was cool to see her play a stage that I've, played at several times you know in, in different iterations of, of being a musician whether a bass player or you know a front person in various projects that i've been in and it was cool to have that experience of someone that that you know i was with to to return to a stage that i'll actually end up playing again uh in november so it's, it's cool to to see those stages both from a spectator and eventually return as a performer too so it, it this is an interesting time it's like we're all able to you know do things again for the first time you know and i'm i'm definitely grateful and excited to be able to revisit some of these stages and and to see and 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 witness other people play on them for the first time again too i think during you know lockdown we had such a better what well, Speaking for myself, like I found myself getting a lot better of an understanding of space. Yeah. Because you had to spend so much time kind of confined to whatever space you were in. Mm -hmm. And it really has got me thinking about like you're talking about, like, have you have these relationships to these buildings in over the years where you kind of experience these things in different parts of your life, be it going to see shows there, playing shows there, going to see friends' bands play there, going to see you know, it, it just, it, it really is sort of these special relationships that we develop over time with not just people, but just the, the sensation of being on stage or being around the stage or just walking into a certain place and seeing the stage. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing places um, like Berlin, um, I always love going back to New York, even though I, I live there part-time again now, I still love the magic of performing there. Um, I love the idea of revisiting like the Midwest, you know, the, you know, I haven't been there in a long time because I think initially, you know, anything that I've done has been in the coastal cities and it's cool to go to some of the cities that I haven't been to in forever. Like, you know, I haven't been to Chicago in a long time, you know, going to like, memphis or nashville like parts of the south like it's really cool to revisit how like vast you know the united states is like mm -hmm. just it's, it's kind of 
amazing to be able to take the great American road trip, you know, as it were, but do it in, in the context of being in a band. And I think that it's definitely like one part spaceship, one part pirate ship, one part getaway car <laughs> when it comes to that. And it's, uh, yeah, man, I can't, I can't say enough how, how excited I am for off to finally, you know, release this record that we worked on pretty much since the start of, you know, my part of, of working on this record and working on, you know, with the band on the film and everything started two years ago and it was still being worked on prior to that. So the fact that two years later, we're releasing an album and we're going on tour like almost two years to the day of me joining is, is pretty wild. Normally, you know, shows, you know, releases happen much faster after you join a group, but this has definitely taken time to kind of gestate and, and grow and evolve. So I'm really excited for it to come out. It's uh, well, the scope of it's incredible. Like doing an album takes a lot of time as you know, and, and, yeah. I could only imagine. Well, have you, have you been involved in film stuff before this, like production side of things? Uh, somewhat, actually. Um, Walter Schreifels, um starred in this weird short film that I made like years ago, like maybe like 13 years ago or something, shortly after Trail Dead and Rival Schools toured together. It's funny that I've had this relationship with Walter that's gone from like you know, tour mates to he, he was, you know, someone that starred in a film, weird film that didn't really make a lot of sense that I made like years ago to, uh, you know, bandmates occasionally and dance partners about a week <laughs> or so ago in New York. It's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have to a degree, but never as deep and involved and as pro and intentional as, as the off movie, which was, uh, definitely interesting to kind of pivot from being bandmates to, you know, Dimitri being a director and a co-star of the film and us like being on set, you know, like 12, 14 hour days of filming, like acting. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's actually with a script, there's actually a narrative. It's not like just us, you know, being a band, you know, in the sense of like, Oh, you get to play, on the stage except there's going to be nicer cameras for this <laughs> for this music video it's like actually a feature length film you know with elements of horror and science fiction and uh yeah it, it kind of reinforces what i liked about off to begin with what i really even tried to emulate with other projects that had like members of different bands coming together i always think that that's almost like this avengers meets scooby-doo type kind of thing where bands get together and you know maybe bumble their way towards the the common good or towards triumph over evil using the power of rock and roll and you know it, it's really cool to be a part of a project like off that wasn't just a band joining a band and going on tour you know playing some gigs playing you know and then working on a record the fact that we did this film is still pretty mind-blowing you know which is mm. i'm excited for that to come out which i think it comes out next year oh so i was gonna wonder are you gonna tour it like the uh anvil documentary where the movie plays and then the movie ends and you just on stage playing right after 
I mean, I think that the film is so long and off shows are are historically uh, pretty brief. <laughs> I think that, you know, that that might be a little bit too much to to uh, digest. But we, we are going to be doing some touring around uh, some of the screenings at festivals. So who knows? Like, um, I think that that is always kind of a dream of mine with other artists I've worked with that have done films where you have like this double feature of a live show, you know, and like the film. So who knows? I don't think it's out of the question. I think we could maybe adjust our, our set time or, you know, but, but definitely the movie is, is worth the director's cut or worth seeing in its entirety because it's definitely a trip for sure. Uh, last time you were on the show, we talked a lot about, uh Raymond Pettibon and how much yeah. of a fan of his work you are and then here you are doing a, a, a I guess a creative collaboration with him and you talked about how important the graphics and the visuals are and I guess that's true for all the artists you work with on on every yeah level. but is it is it surreal then to kind of like manifest this into because I guess you'd never worked with them before right no no I hadn't worked with them before I think we spoke about um the Minutemen, which is probably of, of all the SST bands, of all of all the things that um, Raymond has done. He's done the icon, iconic Sonic Youth album cover. He created the Black Flag bars. But for me, the Minutemen's um, artwork that he did was very important to me and uh, very much like something that introduced me into the idea of how important and powerful uh, the visual, you know, art of a record could be and how it can open up a whole other world and, and frame, you know, the music in a certain way. And so it is really cool that he was able to once again create artwork for this new off album. Um, he's known as the, you know, fifth member of off, which is really cool, you know, to, to have that sense of him always being in collaboration with the band throughout you know different album uh cycles and you know different singles i mean it's it's definitely cool to to be a part of it as that was one of the most interesting you know changes since the last time we spoke because yes i definitely have always been a huge fan of his work i believe it's iconic i, I don't think anyone would disagree in punk rock that he's had such an impact on punk rock in particular, but also in, you know, in music and modern art in general, you know, like I think like it, his music is, um, his, his art is definitely relevant, you know, culturally, like there's a lot of social commentary on it. There's a lot of like topical, uh, provocative like moments that he highlights. And, and I think he goes sometimes into the recesses of, of, of the human brain and, and and almost pulls out things that you know people were alluding to but he just puts it right there on the canvas and i think it's really an amazing feat for him to still be such an important artist of our time that i'm definitely privileged to to be a part of that story as well yeah like i know he hung out recently with darby allen who is one of the most out of his mind people i've known <laughs> like a pro mm -hmm. wrestler and just mm -hmm. the thought of these two kind of creative geniuses in their own spheres 
hanging out and working together, it makes you realize that Raymond Pettibon's not just like he's living it as much as he's drawing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like it's pretty pretty incredible. Like I, there's a lot of different artwork that he has made that I can immediately recall, and I think that is uh, a, a great like example of, of how important he is and how uh, you know he will literally and undoubtedly etch his style and and his uh, you know art into your mind. And it's cool because, you know, a lot of people don't even realize, you know, his place in, you know, the history of Black Flag or punk rock or anything. People see so many parodies or homages to the iconic, like, Sonic Youth album without even knowing that that's Raymond Pettibon. Like, it's, like, kind of a cool open secret in the scene, you know, that, that he has done so much. Mm-hmm. I think there's like you're saying it's he's respected in a world that probably also has no idea about any of the punk rock stuff or knows that he's just like a punk rock yeah. artist but there's a collector world like i was reading that that wild uh art scandal stuff where one of some person that used to work for him was passing off forgeries of his work oh wow and it was like just like a, but it was just like in an art forum magazine it had nothing to do with punk mm. rock it had nothing to yeah do. yeah but it's yeah that's that is wild um also the, the fact that you know, you have probably so many people that can appreciate him as an artist without knowing about punk rock. People that know him, about him in punk rock have no idea about like how expansive his actual, you know, art career and trajectory has been. And then, you know, people that just get the black flag tattoo and have no idea, don't care <laughs> that, he, that he made it. Just think yeah. it's cool. They have no idea who he is. They just got that yeah. on them scarred for life, as they say. Yeah, yeah. How like you... people that uh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. <laughs> no, no. Despite I, I, I'm definitely beyond that stupid joke I was about to make. Okay, <laughs> for how, sure, for sure. How did you start working with Flying Lotus? Because you worked with Flying Lotus first and then Thundercat, right? Probably at the exact same time I started working with them. Like there okay. was a friend of mine that I knew who, you know, managed bands, who did merchandise for different artists um, and was an old friend of mine. We worked at like a rock and roll, like summer camp together, like years prior. I had moved back to LA. Around that time, I had started a band with Walter Schreifels, um, Jamie Miller from Bad Religion and Zach Blair from Rise Against. And I was not sure if that was going to be a traditional band or if that was going to be something that's like more of like a project that we do like intermittently between all our other endeavors. And um, <coughs> me, I moved back to LA and I spoke with my friend Chase and I was just like, hey, like, what are you up to? And he was just like, oh, you know, I'm working with these different artists with merchandise and with like tour management and you know doing you know like production management and and at one point he just asked if i'd like to work with them they were looking for people for their team and slowly but surely i grew from you know working mainly like with their like touring and live shows to you know, doing like some art direction with flying lotus creating like different dj booths that he has um played behind you know in different cities and different like live streams and stuff which is really cool which brought me back into art you know brought me into the 
more art directing world and, and creating my, my own like visual art as well. And uh, working with Thunder, starting, you know, with touring with him and then uh, finally like working with him on like merchandise and, you know, just a lot of the, you know, audience facing elements of his career and, and seeing both of them grow like as Lotus being a film director who's just at the Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah, Midnight Madness, uh, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was just there at a great time there. Like Thunder is getting more involved with a lot of cool things, more so like on the musical end of creating amazing music that's coming out soon and continuing to, you know, tour and 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 create cool, you know, merchandise that you know I've been you know definitely lucky to work with him on different ideas and projects and make those, you know levels of of post-pandemic progression like you know real which is really cool it's it's cool to finally see like a lot of things that were in you know like dormancy or or had 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 to pause and now it's like full on and to be able to not just perform and be a part of a band like off that's creating a film and we're always trying to come up with like cool, like, you know, merchandise, like cool, you know, ways to engage with the audience and to make cool records. There's also people like Flying Lotus and Thundercat who are making cool music, who are making films, who are making cool merchandise, who are performing and taking that to the next level. So it's cool to be surrounded by people, whether I'm working with them internally as like a performer or like, you know, side by side and like the, administrative or like art directing or you know facilitating certain like ideas that they have and and being able to be surrounded by people that i really admire and look up to does doing that kind of work change the way you approach being in a band like now going back i think it goes yeah for sure like 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 uh they work hand in hand i think one informs the other always like Mm -hmm. i think the way that i work and and management um and and assisting with helping other people realize their ideas and helping them strategize is also the way um, I'm, I approach things with being in a band. And also the way I am in a band kind of also informs different like ideas that I have or, or things that I think like would work. And, and you know, not everything works. I think it is a numbers game. I think it is a matter of like keeping at it and not being afraid to, you know, fail or to hear a no or to have an idea not go exactly the way you want it to or project to, you know, not meet expectations because it opens up the door for learning from different, you know, ideas that needed adjustment. It, it, it changes your perspective you know in either you know either realm whether it's like now being like oh you know knowing what i know from what works with one artist that i work with i now can you know translate that into this other context and you know i think it's just about the constant inspiration that i'm surrounded by you know and constant like really cool you know smart innovative you know people that aren't afraid to constantly like challenge themselves in the audience you know and i think that that has been probably the most valuable experience i've had in my life 
is having the good fortune to constantly be around people that are raising the bar and raising their own bar as well. So, including you, actually. Well, I was going to say right back to you on that, like you're an inspiration to me, the way you're constantly creating and constantly trying to figure oh, out ways that. to create yeah. stuff and, and bring art, not just music, obviously, like all sorts of like events and, and all sorts of things to, to, to be. I think that's the, that's the thing that's maybe shifted the most. And this isn't just the pandemic, but I think in the last few years, it's just the idea of just being in a band and just creating music. Like, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin didn't even put out seven inches, you know, they just put out their mm. LPs and they played live and they did their thing. Like that, that, that's so gone by now. And now it's about creating immersive worlds for people to be in. Yeah. And like you were saying last time you were on the show and how important the visuals of art are to a band and creating that sort of presence with a, with a group, with an artist. But I think now you're seeing it so much more where it's not enough just to make the music and hope someone hears it because they're probably not going to, you got to, create the thing that's going to bring them to it to hear that music yeah yeah truly i i think it's not just the idea that it's you know something that has been done before that you, you can't go uh with the easiest like lowest you know level make a record and tour it's just that like there's so many more opportunities to experience uh music there's so many different ways to communicate to the audience and to express yourself as an artist so why box yourself in or limit yourself there's so many different opportunities now and, and i think that something can be said about the oversaturation of like social media and people being on their phones and, and everything but there there are also a lot of opportunities uh within that to create interesting artwork and to create different engagements and immersive experiences that go far beyond what could have been done like 30 40 50 years ago or even like five ten years ago well it's yeah it's interesting like five or ten years ago more like probably closer to ten years ago now to think about it but you know it would trail and fucked up both existed in this indie rock economy where you could put in a record, it would get reviewed online, and then you'd go to a town. Hopefully the weekly would give you a feature. If not, there'd be a big ad for your show in the weekly. Everyone who's kind of reading about you online would also be reading this weekly. They'd know you'd be coming to town and they'd go to your show. And yeah. that's gone. Like all the weeklies are owned by developers now or owned by some other media. They're just, there's not the weekly in the same way there was back then in most places. There's a few, I guess, still. But that whole way of doing things as a band doesn't exist anymore. Like you can't yeah. expect that to just happen when you put in a record, obviously with good publicists. Yeah, think, so. yeah. yeah. That's an opportunity. You know, I, I think it is, you know, in a way that there is like a bit of, of sadness and there, there's a little moment of like, Oh man, you know, it's things ain't like they used to be, but also they aren't. And it's cool to accept that and see like, this is an opportunity like to grow as artists and to do things that like, you know, you never thought were possible. There's also opportunities now for a band to break or for an audience to, you know, connect with a group that, you know, 
didn't go through sometimes those very challenging <laughs> aspects of the way things used to be. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like when when I think about how I wonder if it's easier or harder, I think it's just different for the most part now, you know, and we have to just accept that. And if it is harder, <laughs> then, you know, sure, that's not going to change anything. It's like for people that still want to perform music, still want to put out music, I think now there's just more opportunities to engage with an audience that you maybe have never thought that you'd reach. Years ago, I did a fill-in gig as a morning host on a radio show here on the CBC. And uh, there was, and I went to fill, I went to watch it before the week I filled in. And the person was interviewing someone, and I wish I could remember this guy's name because I cite him all the time, but his artwork, in addition to his normal artwork, he did this piece, which was all about the administration behind the scenes that goes into being an artist, like applying for mm -hmm. art grants, applying for museum. I don't know. I, I didn't, I wish I engaged with it more in retrospect because I cite it all the time. But I think like you're saying, like, this is a new creative problem. Like this has become part of the art. Like how do you make people care about what you're doing in a world which doesn't have this old economy? And like you're saying, you can't really cry over it. You can't really like, you know, shake your fist at the sky because it's just gone by. Like it's a new world we're in now. And yeah. the art is trying to adapt to the new world. Yeah, I mean, it's to me still an opportunity for people that engage best with a live show with a record that's still there, but there's still, you know, so much more opportunity now. And it's exciting to come up with different ideas to engage and to express, uh, you know, the art and the 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 wide like spectrum of creativity that could that could come from um just thinking that and acknowledging that we are in a new era and that we have so many other tools so many other avenues like who knew that you know someone like kate bush would have a resurgence in popularity because of uh some interesting way that her music was presented in uh you know at the tv show which is really wild especially how it was used you know and it's, it's interesting you know you're not always going to get in that moment you rarely will that specific you know opportunity or experience or instance where uh, you know music is used in that way but that does open up your mind to coming up with alternative ways of connecting with people which i think all of this as artists want to do we just want to connect with our our people the people that really get what we're what we're trying to do so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's definitely cool to, to have these opportunities yeah like nothing is more humbling for me than having kids and and realizing that the way they engage with music is the same way i engage with the music it's nowhere it's no more less valid mm -hmm. but what they engage with is going to be different and how they're reached is yeah. going to be different yeah and I mean, the same thing, like a hundred years ago, truly none of the ways that we like, you know, engage with music or that we ever engage with music, you know, from <clears throat> our childhood on to, you know, current times, you know, that didn't exist. Like rock and roll and the idea of going on tour, the idea of putting out like from seven inches to records is still fairly new. Mm -hmm. Like, like we have definitely like, 
rapidly changed and evolved like throughout you know the past several decades especially you know the age of the internet and with you know from mp3s to social media and, and all of that but still it's kind of a fairly new game in, in, in the whole history of music and the whole history of entertainment history of you know modern civilization so um you know would probably means that it's not going to slow down anytime soon so we just got to keep keep adjusting and and also keep making art there's nothing wrong with like going back down to what really matters is putting out compelling music and having a compelling like show having something that's worth people engaging with is the most important thing no matter what format it is it doesn't matter like if you want to stick to your guns and do the led zeppelin way or do the you know tiktok route <laughs> it still has to be something that's engaging with an audience and something that is exciting and makes people feel something so i think that's kind of like the universal truth for that well it's interesting how like yeah the 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 goal of music has never changed it's to bring people you know, or like you're saying engage people to get a response from people and it's what has changed is the scope of music where at one point it was people around a fire and then it moved mm -hmm. to people in concert halls and then it moved to records and then it moved to radio and then tv and now it's the internet and social media and the thing that's also shifted is you had less of a public personal relationship to music where you'd be sitting around the fire and you could see everyone's face and see how they're engaging with music or in the concert hall or you could re read reviews online and you know to a point now where everyone's in relationship to music is completely unique there's there's no route for us to engage with music there's no record stores that we're all going to to find this music like you find it the way you find it and the way you respond to it is going to be completely different for every single person just because there is so much media out there and who knows how you stumble upon something now well some people might disagree with this but the fact that you know you can have like a social media page for your band or or personally and for audiences people that you would never interact with you never could possibly directly be in contact with can comment and say or direct message or whatever and say how much they appreciate what you do and i think you know there's also plenty to criticize when it comes to social media when it comes to like the modern like kind of disposable way that a lot of like art is treated or is engaged with still there's never been more of an opportunity for fans to connect with artists and to express hopefully their appreciation <laughs> sometimes their disapproval <laughs> or critique but you know still it's kind of amazing i think i'm sure that that that's something that maybe a lot of artists never anticipated or predicted or thought could ever happen you know and sometimes that's really really uh valuable and inspiring to see like how important something was you know there there's hardly like fan mail that that people send but it might be just a message to say that you know they can't wait to see you on tour or you know they're they're tagging their friends saying like we got to go to the show or like I love the new music and and that's something that I think that 
is valuable and and really positive when it comes to the way people engage with music like before you know modern times we really wouldn't have that experience to be able to see like immediately after posting something how people engage with it and whether they like it or not and that, that can be for the most part really positive as well mm-hmm. yeah like i think and i think even the the idea of you know, getting people that hit you up just to criticize you is kind of waning. I think they now the people that are hitting you up are the people that are moved by what you're doing. It's yeah. it's, it's moving much more to just sort of the people that will get it will get it, and the people that don't don't. Like I don't get Mr. Beast, but clearly I'm no concern to him at all because he's doing quite fine without me. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, and I think there has been a period, especially. Um, with rock music, with with you know the gatekeepers of punk rock and hardcore, where they're hypercritical of either new people that you know might just like the T-shirt or like the tattoo, don't mm. know you know the history behind it. They don't know you know who was the you know the third bass player you know in you know Fear or whatever. Like they don't know like the history of like you know a lot of bands you know power violence bands from like the 90s or you know bands that were on which gravity records you know album was screen printed on a paper bag or something like that it's just like it doesn't matter like the criticism the gatekeeping i think is becoming less and less relevant and and that is why i think it's it's nice that there is like a community that that's been born out of the internet and social media where it's like you know what it doesn't matter because the people that do like this, the people that do appreciate it are giving positive, you know, feedback and they're doing something, you know, that, that's positive in their life and they're focusing on things they enjoy rather than, than worrying about things that they dislike or that they hate or that isn't like what it used to be. And so, yeah, I totally agree that, that it's becoming less you know, relevant for people to hyper criticize, but I, I don't, I don't think anyone should be afraid of vocal criticism either. You know, there's, there's passion on the other side of people that truly care about artists that know, you know, their history and like maybe don't like what's happening right now. Maybe don't like that a couple members have have moved on from your favorite group or whatever. And like that's, you know, your prerogative too, and and that's coming maybe from an informed place as well and i hope they find their peace and move on to something that they like but i don't i don't mind the critique you know as 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 well as i appreciate the accolades i find also like the like exactly kind of what you're saying like the the idea that people become so offended by something and not not because it's actually intrinsically offensive but i mean like just because they don't like something enough that they're inspired to do something else like I tell Walter all the time that J- Jamie Jost in an interview said that he heard quicksand and someone called it a hardcore band and he hated it so much that it inspired him to do hate breed. I'm like, dude, you're inspiring people on both yeah. swings of the sword, you know, like yeah, oh, yeah, you're inspiring yeah. people positively and even negatively you're inspiring people. Like that's amazing to be able to do that. Like we're saying, if the goal is just to get a response from people, 
then that response is just as valid as the positive response on some level, not because members have left or whatever, but I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, like if the music is something that someone's rejecting so passionately that it inspires them to create something themselves, like that's a victory to me. That's a goal. Yeah. Behold the unbridled power of spite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do something just because you're like, fuck you. You know, I, I remember hearing the story, um, Conrad Keeley, my, my old bandmate from Trail of Dead, said that he wanted to name the band And You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead because of another band um, in Olympia called Behead the Prophet No Lord Shall Live. I don't know if you were familiar <laughs> yes. with that band. But he was like, yeah. we wanted to have a name that was, you know, longer than that name. And of course, that's cheeky and that's not like an aggressive like response, but it's like, it's funny how wanting to do something bigger or better or crazier, goofier than someone else can actually create really interesting art as well. And, yeah. and I, and I appreciate that, that people can respond to something in a negative way. And hopefully that inspires them to do something positive. Yeah. Like a creative response to something yeah. is always you yeah, Don't tweet about it. Make a record. Yeah. Make a record. Yeah. Go, go out there, you know, yeah. Who knows? It could be a TikTok hit and then you could be set for life. Yeah. This this off record might be the record that launches a thousand TikTok, you know, <laughs> songs or whatever. But that would be amazing. And people hate it so much that they're like, I'm going straight to TikTok. Fuck <laughs> this week shit. Let uh, me get my TikTok on. Well, definitely not fuck this shit because this has been a lot of fun, Autry. And you know, buddy. It's not going to be hopefully this long before the next time. Anytime you want to come on, the door is always open here. Yeah, man, I'm excited. And, you know, hopefully we will cross paths now that Off is going on tour soon. And, you know, I, I will be in Toronto. In, I will be I here. I believe I'm going in November. I will, I will hopefully see you. Yes, we will hang out in person and probably not record a podcast because we've got better things to do now, like appreciate life on tour. But, you know. Just a TikTok. Thank you, Autry, for coming on the show. And you heard right there, Autry will be back for a part three sooner rather than later because this took a long time to get to a part two with. So Autry will be back. And once again, pick up the new free, pick up the new free LSD LP by Off, available on Fat Possum Records everywhere now. And check out Off on tour and say hi to Autry for me. Tell him to say what's up. And Uncle Keith. Give Uncle Keith a, uh, well, a socially distanced hug for me. He probably wouldn't like that, uh, the hug thing anyway, so it's probably better to give, give Keith away for me, too. All right. On the next episode of Turn Out a Punk, we, we, we shatter the record. This is the longest episode ever. From the band Rambo, from the festival Pointless Fest, Tony Pointless is on the show and my gosh, we go, we talk for a long time about punk, about hardcore, about Philadelphia. And we, we come to some interesting theories and some interesting revelations. And I'm very excited for you to hear this one. This is a, this is a long one. So bring a book. There might be one in between too. I'm trying to hammer it all out and figure that out and get that up posted. But if not, get ready for this uh, epic journey. All right, that is it for the show this week. Remember, as always, Black Lives Matter. 
The lives and issues of indigenous peoples all over the world matter. We need to protect trans kids and help trans people protect themselves and their rights and stop hate and violence towards people of different races and different faiths and different ethnicities and nationalities because this shit's not political. This is basic human rights shit. People deserve to be able to live free from hate and violence. So get involved in organizations that are affecting positive change in this world. Affect positive change in this world. You know, educate yourself. Lend your time, lend your money if you have money to spare. There's a lot of people doing a lot of great work in this world, and there's a lot of more work that needs to be done. Also to this, I would add, we got to make sure that people keep their hands out of other people's reproductive systems and allow people to have safe access to abortions. This is also a human rights issue. feels weird to have to talk about this again because it should be something that one would hope would be codified into law at this point, but it's not. And in Canada, you can feel it. It's, it's, it's happening here too. They're going after that. There's people talking about making that into a political issue in Canada. And we got to stop them because access, safe access to legal abortion is a human right. Try meditation. I didn't believe in it. And, and what do I know? You know? And then I came to it. Now I've tried it and it, it really does work. People were right. Thousands of years of thought about this was right. Not my uh, uneducated assumption. Go figure. Anyway, try meditation. And try it a couple times because sometimes it takes a while before it sticks. But when it sticks, whoosh, it'll, 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 help. it'll help you. Speaking of helping yourself, try doing something creative. Make your own culture. Start a band. Start a fanzine. Do anything. Anything you do uh, will make you feel a little bit better. And I, I, I say this from my own personal experience. Also from personal experience, sign your organ donor cards because by the time they come looking for those organs, you don't need them. And I've seen the miracles that are provided by people donating their organs. So sign that card, donate your organs, do what it takes. And that is that. Thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. Stay safe and I will see you on the next episode.